0: episode 37, Let's Talk Private Parts. I'm your host, Dr. Justin Trosclare, and today we hear Dr. Susie Gronsky, Perspective. For doctors who want a thriving practice and abundant home life, listen as your host, Dr. Justin Trosclare, goes behind the curtain and interviews doctors and guests about real-world triumph, struggles, practical tips, and entertainment on this episode of A Doctor's Perspective. So excited that you decided to tune in again this week. Today, we are going to talk about pelvic health, a little bit on women, but definitely on men's pelvic health, pain down there, different types of rehab. We go into some great stories, lots of laughs, uh, women empowerment, how her and her husband have struck a balance and some harmony in their own house. She, She has written a book. We'll talk about that a little bit. And overall, we just had a great time talking about an area that so many people are uncomfortable talking about, but it needs to be talked about. All the show notes can be found at a doctorsperspective.net slash three seven. Let's go hashtag behind the curtain. Podcast fans. Oh, we we're going to have fun this hour. We're talking about everybody's favorite thing. The hoo-hahs, the wing-wangs, whatever you want to call it. It's pelvic health time with Dr. Susie. Gronsky. Welcome to the show.
1: That was the best introduction I've ever had. Let me just say that. I love it. Shorten
0: to the sweetness. <laughs> the, the wing point.
1: wings. The wing wings. I have to add that to my repertoire.
0: She has a hilarious website, but it's like professional. Like she's a doctor of physical therapy. Completely missed that one. But her passion is public health for men and women. And you look at her website, com, and She just makes light of a serious situation so that people don't feel so uncomfortable. I mean, she has the word boner in top five questions. So this should be a good conversation.
1: Absolutely. Let's go for the ride.
0: (laughs) That's right. Well, okay. So of all the things that you could have picked in physical therapy, I know pelvic health is kind of like this new niche. So please tell me, why physical therapy? And how did you pick uh, this topic?
1: I love it. So physical therapy in general, I knew I wanted to be a therapist in high school, but um, a little background. My mom, she was actually the inspiration. She was born with spina bifida. She also has a below the knee amputation. And her, she was a single mom raising two kids, you know, they thought she would never be able to have kids. And I was the miracle baby because I'm the oldest, but, um, she actually persevered. She had really bad relationships and like, she's the strongest woman I've ever met. And I kind of wanted to pass on that message to others who are struggling physically, emotionally, that just because, you know, I hate using the word disability because it's a label, but just because there's something that isn't really driving your life or something has happened to you physically or mentally, it doesn't mean that you can't persevere. And so that was her message. She really kicked, she's an entrepreneur. Um, She raised us by herself. So I wanted to kind of pass on that message of empowerment to others. So that's, that's my mom's plug. And how did I get into public health? <laughs> good question. <laughs> I think it fell into my lap, to be honest. Like I have I, a passion for the area. I have a passion for the area. It fell into my lap.
0: Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> and it was there anyway, let's see this where I go. No, honestly, it was a good friend of mine. I was back in Illinois and I was bored with what I was doing. I was doing, um, inpatient acute rehab for, um, stroke patients and TBI and all that sort of thing. And then I was like, eh, I kind of want to get a different challenge. I did that. And then I went to vestibular rehab. I did that. And then I was like, well, I want to travel and I'm going to just do PRN. Well, I did a lot of contract work here and there. Um, but Ashley, my friend, she's like, I think you'd be interested in pelvic floor. Go shadow this girl, this lady. I'm like, why would I be interested in pelvic floor? Like, The last time I thought, I didn't want to put my finger anywhere <laughs> up anybody's vagina or rectum. So. Uh-uh. But yeah, seriously. So I was like, Okay, well maybe I should kinda check it out. And what really to be honest with you, Justin, what really got me to shadow this woman is because and I'm gonna tell you the story, it's God on a true story. I was jumping on a trampoline with my godson. Okay, I was twenty something. I don't even remember how old. I'm thirty two now. But anyway, it was in my twenties. I'm jumping on the trampoline and I felt an excessive wetness. And, and it was hot, granted, it was hot and humid, so I was like, well, maybe it's just sweat. I went to the bathroom, and it wasn't just sweat. I, like, peed Uh-oh. myself. Yeah. Uh-oh was right. 32? So well, no, at 20-something.
0: Oh, it's 20-something. Earlier, no yeah, kids.
1: yeah. No kids, no nothing, you know? I, I mean, whoa. So I freaked out, and I was like, maybe Ashley's on to something. Maybe I should learn more about my private parts and how they work and how it works with the musculoskeletal system and the rest of my body, because this is like, why is this happening? Mm-hmm. And that's what sparked my actual you know, interest in shadowing this woman. And, and I was hooked ever since. So um, that's how I got into pelvic health therapy. And then three years ago, I started to pursue focusing just on men's health and focusing on holistic pelvic health, incorporating like functional nutrition, medicine and coaching and focusing more on the psycholo- psychology and sociology uh, of pain. Uh, especially persistent pain, um, and, you know, it's really, yeah, in men, yeah, because I I got an influx, and and I, I really think the universe just brought these guys to me, but I've got, I got a handful of patients as I was starting, they were all men, and their stories were all the same, like, I wish I would have found you sooner, why don't we know more about you, um, and I started to ask them questions, and say, well, if you, needed a resource or if you were typing and Googling and what would, what would make life easier or better for you had you known something ahead of time. Right. And so they were like telling me everything like, Oh, a good resource or a good book or, um, knowing that you just exist and what to look for and not to freak myself out and that sort of thing. And, and I was very touched and I felt like I had to share the message to help them. So essentially I kind of got in, in that and I wrote a book and started a new program. And now I'm just empowering men to take their health into their own hands, no pun intended, guys. Um, but to take but wait, ownership. Oh, wait, there's more. What's your <laughs> book title? There's more. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But, you know, it's just to take ownership and it kind of like accept a given moment without resistance and how to use that, just not from a physical standpoint, because I'm a physical therapist, but also from the other health domains that are encompassing someone's overall wellness and well-being, so. Hmm.
0: Think the book title is?
1: Pelvic Pain, The Ultimate Cock Block.
0: Badoon ding and that's for real, though.
1: <laughs> and it's for real. It really is. No joke. Ah,
0: that's great. So, I was thinking we were going to talk more about women, but since you brought up the men already, I would love to know, what are the top three things that guys come in for? Because... You know, I'm young. I don't really have any pain down there, so I'm just kind of curious. Maybe prostate. I'm, I would I would assume like a prostate issue. But what's your top three things that guys come in for?
1: Uh, okay, so they're usually coming in for pelvic pain, and what that entails it could be anywhere from penis pain, testicle pain, a deep ache in the rectum, prostate pain. Uh, bladder pain, you know urgency frequency, that sort of thing. Um, mm. A common functional complaint I hear about is a decrease or loss in sexual drive, libido because let's get real if you're having pain with an erection or you're having pain with an orgasm, the last thing you want to do is have sex or mm-hmm. have, or masturbate. Um, they also have pain or difficulty with urination, pain with sitting, uh, and pain that's very much so aggravated with stress
0: huh and I saw your credential list. You've taken a ton of classes on this stuff, so it wasn't like I took a class in school. No, you have got extensive extra training in this. Um, is this is it hard to find someone that does what you do in a local area? Because not everybody's going to be uh, where you live,
1: right? It is, and it, it depends on um, you know the type of work. Because my type of work is a little different, and my approach is a little different too. I mean, granted, we all have our own expertise and our tools and our Comfort levels, right? I mean, because we're Mm -hmm. dealing with private parts here. So not every female therapist is going to be comfortable touching the penis or touching the testicles and treating those parts. Um, So I I get to
0: touch those to do the job.
1: Yes. In my opinion, no, no, no. Some might argue that you don't have to. But in my opinion, Mm -hmm. I do believe that in order to relax your, your client, your patient, in order to build trust. Because I think I should probably rewind a little bit. Men that come to see me, they've often been uh, shied away of their private parts. They've often been told that uh, it's all in your head or this is something you're going to have to live with for the rest of your life. Um, the common frustrations that they will express to me are, the level of discomfort that practitioners have actually going down there, you know? So, yeah. so not only are they getting the courage? Cause you know, guys, they just don't, I mean, they just don't like going to the doctor, let alone talking about their private parts. Right. I mean, they're not like in the locker room saying, Hey man,
0: <laughs> my <Yeah>. penis hurts
1: <laughs> today. What's, how about yours? You know, like it's just not common talk. It's, no. um, it's social stigma. It's taboo. It's, and, and, a lot of the psyche for, for even being a man, I have to be tough. I shouldn't show that I'm vulnerable, you know, that sort of thing. And so when they muster up the courage after, you know, who, how long, how, who knows how long they've even had the, these symptoms, but they muster up the courage to tell their primary care doctor about it. They feel so disappointed because they don't even go there to, to assess it. And they sense a, a sense of dis, um, a discomfort and unease from the practitioner's point of view. So like they sense it. And so it kind of just shies them away. And then they're just looking for things to do on their own. So, and it's not just, you know, primary care doctors, but it's therapists as well, because not all female therapists are comfortable touching or assessing the genitals, the external genitals themselves um, Mm -hmm. for a man. And they'll oftentimes tell the client or the patient to, Oh, can you lift your testicles and penis out of the way and cover them with a towel? So there again is like a, I should be ashamed. There's this woman working on me. I've got this issue and now I have to hold my package close to me because God forbid it, like my, my balls show. <laughs> you
0: know?
1: yeah. like, that sort of construct, I think it, it goes very deep for someone who is suffering with pelvic
0: pain. And that's an awkward situation probably for anybody like for the because I can see myself if I was just like, okay, I want to specialize in this. uh, A lot of guys would be weird like, all right, so you're going to touch my junk. You're like, yeah, I got to touch your junk. You're like, I don't know. (laughs) Right, right. And you
1: don't say it that way. You know, we're not like, okay, we're going to, you know, I'm going to touch your junk. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, it's (laughs) educating. So because they'll say like and don't get me wrong, you're right. It is this awkward like, oh, my gosh, I have. I don't know what to expect, which is why in my website it's very, very black and white. It's it's not going to be embarrassing. I do have to look at it, but it's only to help you. And really, I'm like doing this to show you how to help yourself. So, and yeah. most guys with pain, again, they're they're just they are they just want to get help. They're so desperate. They're frustrated with the care they've already received, and yeah. and for them to just feel comfortable and open in an in a safe environment that they trust with someone who's down to earth not sterile not in a white coat it is actually refreshing for them and they so appreciate it they really appreciate it
0: i can imagine because basic school for chiropractors and we cover a lot of stuff but nobody talks about pain down there like if a woman has pain do some kegels okay like <laughs> <laughs> that's it they don't even mention it for guys like yeah you can break your penis but again that's <laughs> out of my realm so i don't know what to do with it And obviously, in most practices, that's a whole lot of liability that you are taking upon yourself to specialize in this. Which reminds me, do you have to have a a special rider for your malpractice being that you're specializing in this thing? Because of all the Uh, harassment?
1: No, uh, no, not necessarily. Although I do have... you know, insurance and liability being a solo practitioner, but of I'm certified, you know, I'm board certified in pelvic health. So I'm really backed okay. up by the board as well. So I- I've never had an issue where I had to kind of worry about it, to be honest.
0: Okay. Yeah. Is there a uh, one tip that you can give somebody like a basic I don't know, an exercise or or, or something, like if they're having kind of pain, is that kind of what you do? Like there's exercises involved or it's about like relaxing the muscles with different type of neural meningeal manipulation and neural manipulation?
1: Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. I don't know what any
0: of that stuff means (laughs) as far as like in your realm.
1: (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, Well, so neural manipulation, visceral manipulation, they're just hands-on specialized techniques that I've I've actually studied with the Brawl Institute for... Over fi- well, it's going on six stairs now, um, and it's just a manual therapy technique that I can teach. I can h- certainly help teach someone to facilitate. It takes a certain palpation skill uh, mm-hmm. skill set to really like know what you're feeling, the depth of the tissue, and then apply the technique. If I find that the patient is really like aware of their body and can handle doing a self driven technique. I'll teach them for sure. Oftentimes I'll teach them how to just do like musculoskeletal releases, fascial releases in a, in a global or general form. The Uh best thing if someone has pain though, honestly, is to calm, to calm their nervous system down. Meaning there's a lot of fear around what's happening. There's a lot of, um, terrible advice on the internet. I hate to say it, but there, you know, I'm sure you've read your fair share of on the internet. Um, they, they, they get on these forums and they get on these discussion sites where it really scares them and it perpetuates this vicious, like, anxiety-guarding-tension-pain cycle. And, this, yeah. does, and this, this starts to happen within a matter of minutes, honestly. Um, so I think the message is to say pelvic pain isn't permanent, you might be sore down there, and as long as you kind of got your red flags cleared, of course, I you know go to urologist because many men don't even know who to go to first. I would say oh, yeah. go to a urologist just to make sure that you don't have an STD, that you don't have an infection, or anything else that we need to worry about. You know, like a cancer or something because yeah. those are all big and scary. Mm. And once those are all clear. Then I would say your next step would to be to see a pelvic health therapist who specializes in seeing men, okay ah. so that that would be the next step because doctors will try to put them on met like prescription antibiotics and there's they're really learning a lot about antibiotics now. I'm sure you've heard a lot in the literature recently about the overuse of antibiotics and all Yes. That.
0: super bugs and all that.
1: Yeah, exactly. And resistance and all of that sort of thing. But, but these guys will oftentimes, without even doing any tests, doctors like primary care physicians, they'll be like, Oh, it's probably an infection. Here's some antibiotics. Well, of course, the antibiotics will help temporarily because it's got an analgesic effect to it for, for mm. some, for, for some parts of it. And they'll feel a little bit better, but then it'll come back. And then it comes back with a vengeance. So then they go back to the same doctor and doctors like, Oh, maybe we need a different antibiotic because maybe it's a different bug. Again, it's just like throwing spaghetti in a brick wall. Oh, gosh. Nothing's really going to stick. So then these guys often suffer multiple bouts of antibiotic use. So now you're talking about a disruption of their gut microbiome hello. <laughs> now you're like, well, that's not going to help their neuroimmune system. And that's not going to help the tension because they keep going back to these providers and they keep getting like the same treatment and it's not helping. So it's only adding to the frustration and catastrophizing and all that sort of thing. So it's really complex in terms of how persistent or chronic pain really envelops itself. Right. So I think just calming down, calming down the nervous system, letting them know that they're going to be okay. That's mm-hmm. not permanent. No matter what they're reading on the internet, no matter what they've told, what people have told them or didn't tell them, that it's not permanent and there's help for it. You just have to be persistent and patient and um, get the right help, I think.
0: That's interesting because you mentioned several things that, you know, the nervous system when you're in chronic pain, it becomes this feedback loop and it changes your brain chemistry. And then you were talking about the neuro gut biome connection (laughs) that's probably out there for some people to believe in. But if you do the right reading... You'll see it, and you'll see a connection that's just kind of—it just hasn't hit mainstream yet, I would right?
1: Think. Right, and and they're really doing more research on men with—it's called, you know, they've coined it chronic pelvic pain syndrome or prostatitis. I hate mm-hmm. the word chronic myself because it just means that it's going to be forever. I like to use yeah. persistent, and in that aspect, they've done so much more research on to to determine whether or not men who have pelvic pain syndrome, what their microbiome diversity looks like, like what Mm -hmm. their microbiota in terms of diversity looks like versus someone who doesn't have these symptoms. And they've actually shown and proven that men with pelvic pain syndrome have a less diversity and also have a decrease in Prevotella, which is a bacteria that they're now um, looking at to see how it plays in terms of reducing inflammation in the body. So, again, this is all new stuff, but um, it just makes sense if these guys were put on antibiotics for several times in their life, right? And who knows, like, how much even before that as a kid, you know, strep throat, yeah. tonsillitis, ear infections, who knows? So I think it's really important to rule out any antecedent or um, perpetuating mediators that might kind of be putting them in this, like, leaky gut dysbiosis um The imbalance that is contributing to an overly hyper immune system, or a hypo immune system for that matter. So Mm -hmm. it just depends.
0: This podcast is mostly for doctors. So are there any journals or like a maybe even a textbook or a a regular book that (laughs) goes into more of this gut biome if they're like, wow, this is really interesting. I want to know more.
1: Oh, um, healing in urology is a good book. And it's, and it's actually a collective book written by, you know, there's a pelvic health therapist who's written an excerpt in there as well. There's an integrative urologist who's also written an editorial in that book as well. In terms of a book, in terms of gut health that's like specific for pain, oh, there's so much. healing. Oh, okay. um, Heal Your Pelvic Pain, or I'm sorry, Heal Your Pain Now written by Dr. Joe Tata, who's a um, certified nutritionist and also a doctor of physical therapy. He wrote an excellent book that I just read about pain and the gut and diet and all that sort of thing. Really great book. So that's the newest one that came out that I just read. And there's another one my, my former program participant started reading, but I can't remember it off the top of my head.
0: I think you covered a couple of these questions already, but any other common misconceptions that you want to lay to rest? We definitely covered the chronic. It's going to last forever. You don't have to be embarrassed to find the practitioner that can actually help you. Anything else for men or women that they should, that, that there's any misconceptions to make them not want to seek treatment or get nervous?
1: Um, I think just knowing that to just feel comfortable with having an open mind of exploring that area. So, you know, we have to kind of take a look at it. And just because you go see one practitioner who doesn't give you the right advice or maybe scares you to death, they're not always right. (laughs) You have to follow, I think, follow your gut and, and really be in tune with what you think you really need. Cause oftentimes we all have the answer to our own healing. I feel like, so just, just following your gut, getting a second opinion. Um, if it's not working the first time, you know, do your research and, and try something else.
0: Okay. Now I'm going to ask a fifth grade question because, <laughs> you're going in that area guys just have these automatic reflexes do they need to be worried about it do they need to like give a caveat like hey if this happens i'm so sorry like what is your experience more often than not or just it happens you just brush it aside
1: no yeah it's, it's totally common and i always have to do a disclaimer like with my patients in the room saying it's normal if you do have an erection it's completely normal i don't get freaked out I'm pretty calm. I've seen it before. It's a normal physiological reaction. You're right. It happens. I'm stimulating that area, right? I mean, I'm down there. If yeah. they need a moment, they always have the ability to say, hey, Susie, I just need a moment to myself. Can you give me a, a private moment? And I step out of the room. No biggie, really. It's it's not a big deal. So that is often some a big scare for guys. Like, oh, my God, what if I start getting an erection in front of her?
0: Yeah, and I can see people not going just because of that.
1: Yeah, totally, and and that's why again, part of my goal is to be like, it's okay, and it's right on the website. Like, it happens. Yeah. You'll get a boner. It's totally cool. It's yeah. we're here in a therapeutic setting. As long as you keep it professional, I'm I'm also going to keep it professional, and we're going to be cool.
0: That's the key. And I'm, you're talking patients from 20 to 70.
1: Totally. Yeah, most, to be honest, it's the younger generation that I'm getting that these symptoms will start in their 20s. So the symptoms will start as as early as 17, 18, I've seen.
0: Have you seen any reason why it would start? Is it from some sort of like STD or is it just…
1: Oh, good question. It could, it's multifactorial. Sometimes it could be starting off like a sports injury, like a groin injury or um, hockey players, ah. any type of high impact kind of sport. Um, that'll start off like a groin injury and then it'll become, you know, it won't, it won't be treated as a pelvic floor dysfunction or maybe it's a low back issue. Mm-hmm. Low back and pelvic floor, they communicate. They're one in the same. Honestly, you can't just look at the pelvic floor and not look at the rest of the body. Um, yeah. Stress. Stress is a huge trigger, either a psychological event or trauma that mm-hmm. impacts them greatly, that puts them into this anxious type personality. Um, also very driven type A personalities, like very driven, very motivated, on the go, sympathetic nervous system, upregulation, right? just not able to calm the nervous system down. And I think the impact with that is what is it doing to the reproductive system? What is it doing to your immune system? What is it doing to cortisol, epinephrine and adrenaline that's running through your veins? Like at some point, it's just not going to help you. Those are all great things that you want in an acute situation. But if you're in sympathetic overdrive, I don't know how much of the body that can can resist that, you know, over time. So then you start you know, getting sick, sick or aches and pains and that sort of thing. And it just so happens to be their genitals.
0: So Yeah, it's unfortunate.
1: Yeah, poor diet. (laughs) Yeah, poor diet, getting sick a lot, eating like having a lot of sugar, you know, that sort of thing. Partying a lot, I hate to say it, but we've all been there.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know. Like you said, if you're type A and you're, you're go, go, go and you add all these other things, you're burning yeah. both candles from both ends or That's whatever right. the saying is.
1: That's right. You're absolutely right. Oh, and cycling. I have forgot to add, add that. Like, not that cycling is a bad thing, but sometimes uh, lots of cyclists will come see me because of um, a deep ache within the prostate. Yeah. Um, and, and, and oftentimes it's just, you know, they just need to get a new seat, a different seat, a wider seat, more cushion, or maybe a short nose. Or their seat or their whole bike configuration is, is off, and we need to look at that. Um, or bike shorts that are more padded um yeah a lot of compressive force through the mm-hmm. through the scrot- through the um the area between the base of the penis and the anus and um that can create although not shown to be scientifically validated it could potentially create like a prosthetic congestion vascular congestion in that area and of course they're very active and most of these guys are very driven so yeah. the whole body is just tense and um it kind of just creates a perfect storm.
0: Could they benefit from a uh, female seat?
1: They could, although they make a specific seat that has an, an opening in the middle. And there's a cutout in the middle. It's a shorter nose. And then there's a cutout in the middle that will help decompress the area.
0: Oh, okay. So yeah, they've already covered yeah. this.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can also give you the links to those um, blog posts that I, I've researched for that. And it's got some
0: good stuff. Oh, that's cool. That's real good. That's a. There's a lot of – at least – on my Facebook feed, I seem like I follow cyclists for some reason.
1: <laughs> cool, yeah, it's great yeah. information, No, It's really great information. What well, bike shorts to, to use that help decompress that area as well. Because you've got the pudendal nerve, and the thing is, is the speculation is that you, know, you have your sit bones, and you've got the pudendal nerve coming through the alcox canal, through the sit bones, to innervate the pelvic floor muscles. The seat, if it's narrow, it might be cutting into that like, medial aspect of the sit bones, Mm -hmm. And so it might be causing a compression, a compression syndrome of that pudendal nerve. And and you've got the pudendal artery also that's supplying this area. So if they're having like saddle paresthesia, right, if they're getting numbness on their butt and that sort of thing, you want to listen to that and you want to make sure you get up out of your saddle. So taking frequent breaks out of your saddle, standing up, pedaling off the, out of the saddle is a good advice.
0: Okay. Do you happen to do any, uh, spinal, what do y'all call it in your land? Spinal manips,
1: <laughs> oh, like uh, th- like thrusts, like high velocity yeah. thrusts. Uh, I, we learned them. I mean, this was oh my gosh, I I graduated PT school um seven and a half years ago. But uh, mm-hmm. back then we did do uh, thoracic and lumbar thrusts, a high velocity grade five, but uh, none in the cervical. We, we weren't taught that. Um, we okay. could, I think, you have to become certified. Like you have to go and specialize in doing that sort of manipulations, I mean, well, it's good. within our scope of practice, but I don't, I don't do it necessarily.
0: As a, you know, as a chiropractor, I kind of think if there is anything going on at the L5 to in the, to the tailbone, that's one more thing to look at. So I was just kind of curious if it's in your totally. standard protocol or not L1
1: and L2 is what you need to look at. L1 and L1 L2, L2 innervate the testicle. So if they have testicular okay. pain, L1, L2, also like um, the inguinal Ah, uh, inguinal ilio and genital femoral yeah. also are branches of L1, L2, and they supply the genitals and perineum from a sensory distribution aspect. And then cremas- cremasteric reflexes, L1, L2. So, yeah, yeah, I definitely make sure to clear out any dysfunction or pathology at L1, L2, and then L4, L5, and S1 through S4,
0: okay. 5 mm-hmm. That makes me so excited because that's something I learned in a seminar. Oh, my gosh. I don't know, maybe six or seven years ago. And then I was like, oh my gosh, look at this. It was like one of those little nuggets they just kind of threw in there. Like, oh, by the way, <laughs> if any guy has testicle pain, check that T12 and L1 area. Yeah, there. exactly. All right. Yes. yes. That's fantastic. <laughs> okay, so you have your own clinic. We're going to shift to just a little more practical advice for maybe for other people. For doctors, are like, they're struggling. They're just starting out. <laughs> maybe they want to get involved with what you're doing. So we can kind of bridge that to... Doctors who want to transition or just starting out and, like, students. uh, Any advice for these people?
1: Yes, lots. (laughs) But I'm going to keep it short and sweet. The best thing to do, I think, is to let go of all reservations, meaning be yourself. Dig deep to find out your why behind what you're doing. It, in my beginning of my career, I was always comparing myself to other people, other colleagues, what they're doing, what I'm not doing, and it was just discouraging. I think that if you're always comparing yourself to others or you're scared of criticism, um, you'll feel like your job, your career is just that. It's a job. It's not going to nourish you, and it's, instead it's going to drain the life out of you. So You need to make sure that your personal and professional life are in alignment with, with who you are and where you see yourself growing, right? The second best thing to do is also find out who your ideal client avatar is. Have you ever heard of that? Of course. Of course you have.
0: I've got one for this podcast. Yeah, exactly.
1: So that's it. It's brilliant. You want to create a niche. No matter how narrow you you think that focus is, it's the best because you're going to do so much better. You know why? It's because you're connecting to that one single person. That's going to ignite the fire within them to see you or to interact with you or to collaborate with you, right? And, and you don't have to be a, a jack of all trades necessarily, you know, narrow in your focus and they're all going to just come. I mean, it's not even just going to be that ideal client avatar, but you're going to get people that talk to them, their spouses. Like, for example, I, I always get asked the question, well, don't you feel like you're going to, you're a woman and you see females, don't you think that you're going to exclude them? Never, because they see me, they want to see me because they know that I'm helping their husband, their brother, their best friend. And they're like, I know you can help me too. So it's kind of like a catch 22. You want to be very narrow and you want to make sure that when you're writing any of your content and when your website is created and when you're doing your branding, that you are thinking of this one person in your head and you're speaking to only that one person instead of like a collective group.
0: Yeah, especially like when you're marketing. Yes, totally. Totally. Any, have you had any any uh, blogs that you like to follow or any books that really helped you create that avatar?
1: Yeah. Ooh, okay. So who helped me? Actually, Marie Forleo. I know she's a chick, but Marie Forleo has this um, program called The Copy Cure. Okay. And her program, and it's very inexpensive. I think I paid like 300 bucks, and you can go at your own pace. But she has some kick worksheets that really ask the right questions to get your client avatar down. Like that's what she starts to program off. Like you need to know who you're talking to mm-hmm. and and create this person on paper and then you can start your branding and creating your content and all that. So that I thought that was a fantastic course for the money that I spent. And the mm-hmm. other thing is getting a business coach. Hands down, having a business coach to help you sort out your ideas, your aspiration, your vision to make sure that you're staying on track with where you want to go, and, and who you want to talk to. Um, it's always nice to have that accountability. It's hard doing it
0: alone, you know? Do physical therapists have their own um, management business coaches that are already physical therapists that were really successful, or did you look outside of your own profession?
1: I looked outside of my own profession. There are, though. They exist. Um, I think Greg Todd and is one of them, TODD, and Paul Goh. G-O-U-G-H is one of them. Also Lisa Holland.
0: Yes, is, I interviewed her.
1: Yes. She was my coach okay. uh, in the beginning. Yep. She was my coach in the beginning, helped me find my voice to write my book that I, I have out. And and she really like told just told me like it is. She's very blunt. <laughs> and she's not of the P T mindset though. And that's what I really like. Cause I'm I'm not uh, your traditional, I would have to say your traditional P T you know, protocol, you know, it's not just goniometer and measurements and evidence and all that. I'm very holistic in my approach. I'm Mm. also a a, a certified health coach. So I I don't treat in the mainstream way that you would think a physical therapist would treat. I definitely take them through. I take my clients through um, a biopsychosocial approach to really get down to the root cause because it's not just physical.
0: Yeah. Like you said, if it's tight, like if they're really stressful, you have to figure out a way to calm them down. And that, That could be a big part of just relaxing. Right. Exactly.
1: Exactly. And of course, if you need to refer them to a psychologist or um, a psychotherapist or something like that, um, that's definitely warranted, especially if you think you just can't take them where they need to go and they need additional help. Um, By all means, we're not psychologists and that's not our scope of practice, but we need to know enough to help incorporate um, techniques and modalities that are used in all areas of health to be very comprehensive in care.
0: Uh, I want to go back to your marketing, but what about staff? Do you have staff and how do you uh, hire good staff? How do you find good staff? Good question.
1: I'm solo, so I don't have people working for me. The only person that I have, by the way, that has saved my life like numerous times is a good VA, a virtual assistant. Uh, Best investment that I've ever made. I don't know. Do you have one?
0: No, but, I mean, I've used, like, Fiverr to do stuff.
1: Oh, okay, yeah, no, not, yeah, Fiverr, yeah, it's for the, like, yeah, I use them, too, but for, like, if I know, it's really simple. Yeah. But, but a Virtual Assistant, she's actually Portland, oh, my God, she's amazing, I gotta give her a shout-out, Danielle has been wonderful to me, she she does it all. Websites. Um, she keeps me on track. I ask her to proofread. She'll tell me if things just don't look right. Like, what does this mean? <laughs> like she'll tell wow. me this is, not working. Like she's really my right hand man, honestly. Um, and before her though, I had to kiss a lot of frogs
0: uh, to, fi- yeah. to find
1: her, Danielle, because a lot of people will charge you like forty-five to fifty dollars an hour and promise you the moon and back, and they just don't deliver. They just don't deliver, and you're just more stressed. You you're probably better off doing it in your own <laughs> than paying yeah. somebody fifty dollars an hour to do it. To be honest with you, so I think interviewing and being very upfront with your expectations, how you work your personality and giving them a trial like of a week like, let's work together for a week or a couple weeks or whatever you want to do in the contract to really feel out yeah. each other's like vibe Here's and a energy. project yeah exactly exactly let's see how you work so it was Did very you use inc- a website um to find her yeah oh no oh no actually well no i used a blog called um oh my gosh i'm gonna look this up real quick for you it's it's on Facebook. It's it's called Online Business BFFs. There's like 68,726 members and anything oh, wow. and everything that you want to share in terms of uh, um, entrepreneurs to lend support, give feedback, share advice, finding resources, that sort of thing. So it's called Online Business BFFs. And that's where I found all the people I wanted to interview and also Helen who created my website and designed my website came from online business BFFs who was oh. fantastic also.
0: Yeah. It's very crisp. I like it. Yeah. I, I mean, I hired somebody one time I had a book come out and I was waiting for this dude to write up a little, you know, like, yeah, like uh, capture leads and email addresses and all this, and then have an upsell and all this. And, um, I postponed putting this thing off for three weeks. All good. I've done it a week. Three weeks later, he still hadn't <laughs> got it done. I was like, you're done. <laughs> You're done. I'm done. I'm done with you. I made it myself. <laughs> See? <laughs> Which you I, I, I was trying like not ago. to <laughs> do. I delayed it. <laughs> the, was this, too, like, I was, was like, this excuse? is ridiculous.
1: What was the excuse?
0: Um, I You know, I think there's some kind of family thing and then he had like a plugin for WordPress, but like, Every time he'd um, something would happen, like it would reduce, it would mess up whatever he did. And so uh, for whatever reason, it just wasn't very compatible for some reason with what he was trying to do. It always messed it up. And so because, so he's like, it really wasn't my, his fault. But he still took three weeks to get the job done. And I was getting rather annoyed. Yeah. I am like, about the one star you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you know I don't, you don't I mean, want a all one about star. It's
1: about those reviews. You, <laughs> it's all about those reviews. and <laughs> surveys. So I'm just saying.
0: I'm going to get you. Where it hurts, yeah, nobody's gonna hey, hire you again.
1: Yeah, but kudos to you for like acknowledging, like, okay, it's not gonna work. Like, I gave you three weeks. I, I, I even extend. You know, we said a week. You promised it. And how did you? Did you just say blatantly, You just communicated to him, like, hey, this is not working out, right? I mean,
0: what's the holdup? What's going on? You yeah. said you can get it done. It's not <laughs> that complicated. There's probably things you can do. Like, <laughs> I thought you do this for a living. <laughs> <laughs> It's getting more and more offensive as you go along. You're like, dude, you've got three days, and I'm going to one-star you, and I'm going to request my money back. You know? And he's like, no, 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 please, please. I have to feed my family. And you're like, get the job done.
1: Yeah. I don't want to have to one-star you. Get done, you. or you, you said you did it yourself.
0: Well, I had to get it. I had to, he quit. He's like, it's not, it's not compatible. It's not going to work. Oh. And I was like, well, now I'm just up a, up a creek. I got my money back, but it's like, it's not about the money. Now I'm, I'm delayed a month. Right. So anyway, so I kind of took some of the code that he did and just kind uh,
1: of Oh, the outsourcing woes.
0: <laughs> yeah, good times. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you market? Please tell me. What are some of your best return on investments? What are you doing that's working?
1: Ooh, word of mouth. Word of mouth is the best investment ever. Okay. You know, you, you get all it all it takes is this one one client, one patient, or one great collaboration with another doctor or something, and, or, or uh, another practitioner for that matter. It doesn't have to be a doctor, but someone that your energies jive. They, they, um, we bar- I barter a lot in Nashville, so like if people want to know what I do, they come in for a free session. I see them and get a free session, and then we really test each other out. Oh, and that's cool. the best way to really like, tell someone and show someone like, how you really work to be honest. Yeah. And then they're like, oh my God, I love it. So that's the best for me so far. Best is word of mouth, always has been. And the second is teaching the community. Going out there, having some free workshops or paid workshops, whatever floats your boat, but just mm-hmm. just speaking directly to, again, your ideal niche, your ideal niche market, your ideal clients, and and you know just telling them and showing them that number one, you really care you're compassionate. It's not all about the money for you. It's not about me, 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 and my degrees. It's mm-hmm. about what. How can you help me? I, I'm desperate. Um, okay, show me that you care, really. So yeah. that that's the best thing, I think. And then the lastly, is internet. Of course, it's like exploding now, and videos going like crazy. And video has been really. I guess video is taking over. So
0: your I videos have, must be horrible because they got that little censor the whole time.
1: Me never. Yeah, on Facebook? Censor. Oh, yeah. Well, we, right. So I can't use cock, clearly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're going to have to be really creative because I'm just starting to launch everything, like, you know, this week. So yeah. we're going to have to be creative in how we do that. So videos, I think, are good because, you know, you, you don't have to write anything you yeah. just post a video and um and i i've heard also that you can't use like the word pelvis even or pelvic because it denotes a body part i don't know oh. so i'm just it's yeah it's so bizarre it's so bizarre so i we're gonna have to work around it but it's okay yeah,
0: you're almost gonna have to use like saving marriages yeah fixing right the plumbing <laughs>
1: Right, right exactly. Like I can't even say like bodily fluids like pee or poop or anything. Like so no, weird.
0: Facebook. I don't want to see that.
1: <laughs> no. Well, it <laughs> depends on who you're following, right? Maybe you should look at your friends
0: list. <laughs> I tell you, I want to I'm in a keto group. There's some some nasty girls in there, man. They're the ones that putting all that crazy stuff and then it just becomes this long feed of like all these crazy other posts where the guys jump in, but they never start them. It's always some girl. It's see? crazy.
1: It, it, somebody's got somebody's got to do the dirty work
0: and all the old 50 year old ladies they're always get their notes I'm leaving this group <laughs> they always announce it Snoop they are so perverted in this group I'm out
1: <laughs>
0: low cause dying up, out of here
1: I didn't sign up for this <laughs>
0: that's that's right that's crazy.
1: it's crazy I love well, it well I wish
0: you best of luck with the Facebook marketing because I mean you are going to have yeah,
1: a tough. slight
0: challenge but once I think you figure out what to do it's probably going to work
1: yeah, yeah, because I tried to pro, pro, promote and boost, you know, like five dollar ad or something for my <laughs> my book. I have some trailers out and stuff, and I cannot like I used, you know, obviously cockblock, and I can't use that as a hashtag. So I'm like, mm. I'm gonna have to, <laughs> I'm gonna have to reword it somehow. But it's gonna be possible. You just have to be very clever with your words.
0: Yeah, I remember I first heard that word. I did it to my brother. Apparently, he was not pleased. Not proved oh. at all. That was the first time, like, in He's, high school or something like story, that. Share your story, Justin. Share your story. This is a I don't even remember what it was fully. I'm going to go with that. But I just remember hearing it and being like, what did I do? You know, like a freshman in college and high school. You're like, huh?
1: What did I do? What's going on? Who blacked what? Yeah,
0: I don't know what that means, bro. You need to get your game stronger.
1: Yeah. I'm just being myself.
0: That's right. He's going to love that if he ever listens to this podcast. I love it. Uh, you know, I didn't yeah. mention this earlier, but I thought it was interesting. Your mom had spinal bifida. Was she, um, and my brother actually had it too, but nope. he, he was paralyzed waist down from it. So it's it's really interesting to see that there's that worst case scenario. And then there's kind of spinal bifida where you're not as affected, but you know, you have it.
1: Yeah. See, mom, mom had it at the very tail end. So her sacral nerves were impacted more and all complete mm. sensation gone from waist down. Um, but uh, she's ambulatory she's with a straight cane. Um, oh. and prosthesis for that matter the, the, oh. why she had the amputation was because well she's from Poland and originally you know back in the 60s you know how that was like medical care and <laughs> Poland you know which was like on a farm um, they, what they tried to do and they met well where they tried to put rods in to um, correct the clubfoot deformity so that oh. she can, so, so that she doesn't like you know t- wear and tear through her shoes because she had no sensation so her feet would get infected a lot Mm-hmm. And so they're like, "Well, let's put some rods in your ankles and stiffen them up." And so they did. And one surgery went okay, and the other one just got really bad and infected and they had to amputate. So, wow. And she ended up in the states because Shriners Hospitals, Shriners Hospitals, do you know them? Yeah, sure. yeah, of course. Yeah, they Little Hats. Yeah, yeah, the brothers, they um they took her in in Chicago and and, and gave her some excellent rehab care. So,
0: That's fantastic. Yeah. My grandpa lost his arm. (laughs) He shot it. Oh my gosh. This is hilarious. It was back before some guns had like safety triggers. Uh And uh, he was hunting, shot it, went to the doctor. Apparently he was drunk. And so they had to go to the other doctor. And by that point, you know, they were like, well, we can't save your arm. So, uh, yeah, he was a teenager. So his whole life, he just had one arm. And he'd always these fun stories to tell kids to freak them out. (laughs) To freak them out? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Like he was sleeping. And he's like, I woke up I, I was dreaming I was eating fried chicken. And then when I woke up, my arm was gone. <laughs> you know, a four-year-old's like, what? Looking at their mom's time is that they true?
1: have chicken or they have a dream about fried chicken, they're going to be like, is my arm here?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's so crazy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Props to your grip.
0: Yeah, oh, man. Amputees, watch out.
1: Amputees, yeah.
0: You just fun. can't tie a shoe, that's all.
1: Well, Locking
0: in Velcros.
1: Yeah, like in the mouth. <laughs> Yeah, I can't blame him.
0: Mm-mm. So five-year <laughs> goals, do you have any for yourself? And how do you know if they are worthy oh. of your pursuit?
1: Is it bad that I don't have like long-term goals? Like I don't plan it out that way. I'm very like free-spirited. I'm more of a short-term goal person. I don't I don't know. That's how you
0: meet <laughs> five-year goals right there.
1: How, yeah, yeah, short-term goals, action steps, right? I mean, I guess I just, no, I see myself taking my practice more virtual, Mm-hmm. Um, and hosting monthly retreats, so I've got this six six day hands on training program retreat that you can come and visit me from all anywhere, and 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 get trained by me to to treat your own pelvic pain. But I, I kind of oh. want to just do that a couple times a month and do more of my online. I have this men's DIY online thing going out, and just kind of being like a coach and helping them virtually get through, you know, navigate through pelvic pain, really. Um, so yeah, that's where I kind of see things going. So I can free up my time and travel more. I love traveling and spend more time outdoors. And um, there's
0: a ton of money to be made online if you can market that correctly.
1: I know. Any advice?
0: Well, <laughs> I'll give him a plug. A doctor Ed Osborne. That's all he does now. He he had a, he got sick. Can't practice chiropractic anymore. Now he's killing it online. And that's really? what he does. He sells. He kind of sells other doctors on like how to. Do oh. virtual programs and um, and whatever you know, kind of whatever fields you want. So if your thing is pelvic pain, uh-huh. you know he's kind of been doing it for like a year. Okay, he's got his um, anyway. It might cut your learning curve. I don't know. I've never taken any of his classes, but I just know that uh, he has an amazing podcast and then he's transitioned that into other things. And
1: awesome, um, yeah. So, Doctor Ed um, Osborne. Okay, yeah. Thank you.
0: The chiropractic philanthropist.
1: Oh, sweet.
0: You heard that, Dr. Ed?
1: <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> Dr. Ed! Shout Commission,
0: out! Commission, baby! <laughs> okay, so we're talking about your future. We're talking about virtual classes. I'm assuming that's going to get you excited for your future. Where are you seeing this? Uh, your specialty going in the next couple of years? Are you wanting to be like a leader in that?
1: Yeah. Oh, it's a great question. I mean, I think PT in general is really moving to be recognized by the community and other healthcare providers as a primary care provider, really, yeah. um, because we have direct access. In all states, it just varies in terms of how much direct access and freedom you have. Like for example, in North Carolina, where I'm at now, we have complete direct access for evaluation and treatment, um, no restrictions. As Yeah. In Illinois, where I was practicing before, we had partial direct access, where we can evaluate someone without a referral, but we cannot treat without a referral. So, yeah, I know, right? Because you, (laughs) who who just evaluates and doesn't like treat at the same time, I just don't get it. Anyway, don't get me started; it's all politics, (laughs) but um, and insurance companies. So, anyway, I think a lot of our profession is we're moving into a private. A private practice based model where we can be where we have more freedom to really help people the way we originally thought we were going to help people when we first went to PT school without the restriction and limitations of insurance you know what I mean
0: you're getting out of the thumb of the doctor the medical doctors but are you going more cash practice or is insurance still pretty good to where nobody's really trying to get out of that system quite yet
1: yeah well it depends on who you talk to I think and what their goal is you know if they've got I don't know. I guess, yeah, I guess it depends. Um, I don't take insurance. I'm just solely cash-based because okay. I prefer... My goal is to be able to provide really good care and be able to spend as much time as I'd like without having to worry about restrictions from insurance. And uh, and for pelvic pain, insurance doesn't cover things like, oh, you have pain with sex? Well, that's not a functional activity.
0: <laughs> uh, the ADL, uh, last time thanks. I
1: checked... Um, that's how you like keep the world going by procreating. So I just, okay, I guess it's it's not functional at all. You wouldn't be here if it wasn't for sex anyway. But needless to say, I, yeah, I have some qualms about it and some issues clearly, but, um, yeah, so I just remove myself because then I I can actually talk to them about functional, I can have functional coaching conversation and not having to worry about, you know, crossing lines and insurance not covering it. And and really a lot of these, hands-on modalities like visceral therapy and neural manipulation and you know connect connective tissue mobilization dry needling they're not being covered by insurance so then we as practitioners are like oh well, we have to cheat the system and say well, i have to code it differently you know and then you're just all worried about your documentation and all that sort of thing so it takes it takes the passion out of like what we do i think so yeah. i hope that as time progresses that more and more Clinicians and therapists will start to see the light and move away from a, you know, insurance based, you know, clinical model to more of a cash based wellness preventative yeah. that type model. And um, have you heard
0: of, sorry? sorry? Have you heard of Jared Carter, the physical therapist that has the podcast on, uh, should I? <laughs> I well, no, he, he just has a podcast on a cash practice physical therapy. So his entire podcast is. Tr- trying to make oh, you guys so succeed familiar,
1: but there's so many like karen litzy have you heard of karen litzy?
0: I, <laughs>
1: healthy wealthy and smart podcast yeah yeah she's she's like similar i think she it's physical therapy based it's health wellness and business think she's the original she's the yeah i think so i don't know honestly i don't get involved okay. in that I don't want to step on anyone's toes. I love you all. (laughs) So I don't know. I'm sorry. I didn't know who you were, Jared. Um, Yeah, it's, uh, they're doing great. And I'm glad they're getting the word out there. Because I think we as a profession are just fearful, like some of us are fearful from like the security, right? Of, it's like a scarcity mentality, right? It's like, oh, if I leave the hospital setting or if I leave the, you know, uh, clinical corporation setting I mean what about my benefits and what about my vacation time and honestly I have more vacation time now than I've ever even dreamed of because I control my schedule and I see less patients but I make more money than I would if I were working 40 50 hours a week for the man so it's yeah. it's honestly it's just comfort right comfort levels and
0: it's definitely a mindset because assuming you work for an hour 120 200 300 dollars an hour you know whatever it is that you charge you, you have to get your mind around like I'm worth it they're willing to pay for it and maybe if you offer 10 visits you can get a discount or something like that because you're gonna well, need that many or anyway
1: yeah absolutely heck yeah yeah for sure I mean and that's the thing and it took me I, yeah, I still kind of struggle with that asking for money but it's an energetic exchange you know it's not just what you're doing with them in that moment but it's all your education that you've, you've completed and that you continue to do to perfect your skills and to be the best clinician that you can be and all the time that you spend emailing them back and forth and researching for them and, you know, like being on call pretty much any time that, that they, they need you. Right. I mean, you know, and giving them a whole hour one-on-one to be with them versus like being with an assistant or an aide, right. You know, five minutes yeah, of yeah. hands on time and then, Oh, there you go. You're off your own doing exercises. Like, You know, that's not really skilled care in my eyes.
0: And it's pretty well because you're able to do it without a staff member. So you've learned how to schedule your people to not have that extra expense.
1: Yes, absolutely. Like, you know, I can only handle like four or five a day, like maximum, because it's more of an energy. Because pain in general is very, you know, it's very, very tough. tough. Yeah, not everyone likes to work with patients that have persistent pain chronic, you know, I mean, these these guys are kind of tough, but they're fun, they're challenging, and they don't have to be tough. It just depends on your mindset. Yeah, I, I, like, I like being very free in the way I practice. So I, I make sure I schedule enough time in between them so I can ground myself and then see the next client and so forth and so on. And then I only mm-hmm. treat three days a week, I, and then I leave Mondays and Fridays for the, you know, the behind the scenes stuff, catching up on paperwork and making sure that I'm, you know, having my content out and creating content and launching my programs and, you know, being a, a fur, a mom to some fur babies and a husband, you know? So. Yeah. Uh, And living my life and having some fun. So, um, And if you can do that for yourself and you feel refreshed and energized, then you will be a better clinician versus being burnt out and drained and constantly, like, you know, in the rat race. It it takes a toll on you. Well,
0: that's fantastic. You take off Mondays and Fridays. So you have a four-day weekend every every week.
1: Every week. Wow. I can't even say it. It's so amazing. I know. I'm not. Well, it's. I'm working, but I get to work like right now. I'm in my I'm on my deck talking to you, having a wonderful conversation. Um, which is also this is all about you know collaborating and meeting new people and learning. And I can do that, and I'm still still make money, being cash based practice. And, mm-hmm. and and again, it's this it's an abundance type mindset versus the scarcity. Like I'm not freaking out when a patient cancels. Oh my gosh, I only have mm-hmm. twelve people this week, and somebody canceled. I'm not going to get that that money. Um, because it happens. And then, you, you know, and whenever you just relax, you'll get a brand new eval, like maybe two or three in the same week, you know, private practice is always up and down, you'll have slow days, you'll have really, really busy days. But it's all happening in the right time, I think, especially for me anyway, because launching and, you know, launching these new things that I have going on, it's it's a full time job. Um, so it although is. I'm not seeing patients in the clinic, I'm still working behind the scenes to, You know, communicate with my followers and network and collaborate and still learn and read and (laughs) it just never ends. But I get to do it from the comforts of my own home, in my jammies, with my cup of coffee.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Now, I don't want this to come off sexist. So you have a husband, you said. Yes. Assuming he works, you're a doctor of physical therapy, you have your private practice, you work three days a week. If he wasn't there, assuming he contributes, would you be able to support the entire family?
1: No. Well, okay. oh, actually I am. I'm going to take that back. Hold on. Okay. So we moved from Illinois. We sold all our stuff. So my husband was a BMW mechanic who owned and operated his own shop back at home, back in Illinois. Oh, snap. When we, yeah. So when we moved, he sold his shop to someone. So we had some capital. We He sold his rental property and we sold our house. So we had some capital. Okay. That's just how I'm able to do what I'm doing right now. Now right. that's not to say that he didn't reinvest this capital in another entrepreneurial venture, uh, with a, in a restaurant with a partner, and and we bought a house here. So we really don't have any more capital <laughs> <laughs> or any savings or cushion. I will say that right now. However, and he doesn't have a job. He's his job is was you know make. There's a lot of construction going on at this current house. Um, we're doing an Airbnb for our in-law suite, so he's actually, that's his job of man- maintaining and managing it, and also working at the restaurant to get things going. So although he's not bringing in physical income, he has really helped me because he takes care of all the rest of the stuff, house, mm-hmm. bills, everything. I mean, I would not be able to do it if it weren't for his help, like cooking and going grocery shopping because I just don't have time. And now I can actually focus on you know, getting my book out, you know, making content, having, you know, seeing my clients and doing everything for my business without having to worry about everything else. Like it's just, he's just been such a wonderful support, honestly.
0: That's amazing. That is, that's what I like to hear. You know, had a woman series and that was some of the things that some of the women were talking about was having a man that is okay. In a sense, take a step back, like, okay, I don't necessarily have to be the provider. My Mm -hmm. wife is capable of doing this. And mm-hmm. and if people do it. And the reason why I asked was if you're only seeing like twelve a week, I was like, Ooh, wait, what's the feasibility of this creating enough income with this limited schedule where somebody who's out there's like, That sounds fantastic and then they start crunching numbers and they're like, Hmm, I don't know.
1: <laughs> right, no, and it is, it's possible because honestly, so I I charge enough. So like my yeah. evaluations are two hours long and I charge, you know, d- double that obviously. And yeah. um, again, people are willing to pay that because they, they they connect with you right away from your website. They talk, I make sure to call, let's say they they schedule online. I always call and make a an effort to communicate with them on a personal level. Can I, mm-hmm. you know, is there any answers I like can, any questions I like can answer for you before your appointment? What's going on? Tell me your story, that sort of thing. And you like, kind of hook them right away. It's not just all virtual because you don't want to lose that like, you know, that little bit of personality and that trust right off the bat. You know, you don't want right. it to be all all internet. Um, and really, just showing them that you care. You took the time out of your day to call them. They love it. It's great. Um, that and honestly, we have other. I'm not just like our income just doesn't come from like me being a PT and my clients. My income is coming from the Airbnb that we made. You know, that's helping to pay yeah. for our mortgage. And I don't have any. I don't have a car payment. I don't have, you know, I have no credit card bills or debt. You know, I make sure that that's all taken care of. So, really, it's just my student loans. That's a whole other topic for another day. <laughs> Holy crap. Wow. But, and those aren't completely paid for, but getting there, honestly, and you do what you can. You chip away a little bit at a, at a time. And, you know, we're not extravagant. Um, I'm not, you know, going out to eat every day. I cook at home. We, 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 we kind of reserve what we have. and and do what we can to get by. But uh, it's enough. It's enough to make sure that we're staying yeah. afloat. So, and, we're,
0: and I'm not judging because I think you should have multiple streams of revenue so that if something does happen, yeah. you're not really hosed. Yeah, so,
1: right. Yes. Resourceful. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's why, I, that's why having this book and these programs and this online thing, that's what I'm hoping for is to get, you know, uh, more passive income to help yeah. supplement that.
0: Last couple of questions. You ready? We're gonna switch ready. to just more personal, fun stuff.
1: Woo! You mean it wasn't it's... personal already? Well, <laughs> that last couple, of,
0: yeah, the last ten minutes or so, we talk about income and everything. That's 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 pretty personal. Yeah. <laughs> but but, do you have any uh, hobbies or volunteering or anything fun that gets your mind off of work?
1: I love that question. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Yes, I. My hobbies, my things for fun. I like being outdoors, so I'm a huge hiker, and I love being in nature. So that's why we moved to Asheville, North Carolina. Really, is to be in nature. Uh, So playing with my dogs, wrestling, Dharma. I actually practice Dharma, which is a form of meditation, and I attend classes several times a week and meditate at home. So it just keeps me sane and grounded, and you know keeps me less cluttered in my mind and having a peaceful mind even amidst the chaos
0: is very important. So
1: I I like to do that. I like to cook and I like to have friends over. I like to travel
0: be yeah. a healthy cooker or deep-frying everything?
1: Healthy. Oh, well, I we just deep-fried chicken of the woods, which is like a mushroom that grew in our backyard because it was recommended that we deep-fry it. We have a deep fryer. <laughs> that was the only, like, so it's semi-healthy, but we wanted to experiment. But, no, generally, we, yeah, gluten-free, dairy-free. Um, I had some issues with chronic sinusitis, so... Uh, I had to really like, and stress obviously didn't help. So I had to really make some health, uh, changes and it's been great. No. Yeah. We love it. Fresh vegetables. Yeah.
0: Perfect. You know, it's horrible to to give up gluten, but when you actually have a real condition that gets better when you're off it, you're like, that's just, how I have to live my life now.
1: Yeah. And you're not complicated for real. I mean, as soon, it's no joke. As soon as I, one week, all it took is one week, lay off the gluten Lay off the um, the creams and the and the dairy. I had no congestion. I still I don't have any congestion anymore. And now I can actually cheat once in a while. But I know what causes it, right? I'm like, oh, yeah, I did like let myself go a little bit. I had this, this, and this, but whatever. Like I treated myself, and it's fine. I'm not going to kill myself over it. But yeah, it really makes a difference, and I'm pretty like gung ho about it. It feels good yeah. to breathe.
0: <laughs> I can think of several people in my life that. If they would try it, they'd probably see a difference, but good luck. Good luck getting them to get off of it without having uh, the poops because of it. I hear you. I hear you. All right. So you and your, your husband are super busy. How do you keep the love alive and feeling connected?
1: Yay. Um, Great question. I love this question. It's, I think it's because we have fun and we like to be like kids once in a while, you know, like (laughs) maybe we'll like, you know, tease each other in a playful way or like we call each other like nicknames, some weird stuff like that. Not to get too personal, but it's like fun. And then we always make time to, you know, goof off, to dance in our house when nobody's watching, you know, wrestle with our dogs. And we we make sure we have date nights and make dinner together because he is He's the cook, and he goes grocery shopping. So when I come home, I make sure to help and do the dishes and all that sort of thing. So, and we make sure to eat together, at, like in silence, not in front of the TV. You know, like we'll go out on our deck and just absorb the nature and really hike and travel. So, it's 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 quite a complementary relationship, and um, it's funny how it works because like I'll have like a day where. I'm just having a poopy day and he'll have like the best day of his life and he, and he'll like lift my spirits up, you know, and we're not feeding into each other's negative attitudes. We're actually just changing the script around for each other, which is nice and, and it happens vice versa. So yeah.
0: Ah, that makes me happy. That's a great <laughs> answer. Great, great relationships. It sounds like.
1: Yeah. Thank you. I'm very blessed.
0: Y- yeah, definitely. You talked about meditation. Anything else maybe in the morning or in lunch that you do routinely to just get you grounded and ready for the rest of the day?
1: Yes. So like, okay, so I set up my alarm 15 minutes earlier than I would normally wake up because I'm a notorious snoozer Uh and I just want to give myself the 15 minutes to lay in bed and just enjoy, you know, cuddle time with my husband or whatever. And then I, you know, you go to the bathroom. I always have my routine, same time, same place. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> toilet habits, you know. And yeah, let's not get too personal. Not, you ask what I do as a routine. I'm giving you the routine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you shower, brush your teeth, all that sort of thing. And then I'll uh, we'll make coffee. We'll walk the boys. We always walk our dogs, Sammy and Landon. And um, that's about 20, 30 minutes. And we get back home. I make a little breakfast. And then I meditate for about 15 minutes on my deck. And then I start my day. So I never want to feel rushed. I always w- was like that when I was back at, in Illinois where it was like crazy busy and everyone was like super rat race here life is a little slower in the south and everyone's got time for everything and practicing meditation and dharma has really like decluttered my head and i have more time i, so, I do so much more now than i did when i felt like i was super busy and like packed with everything like i can even put more on my plate and still feel balanced and grounded so it's co- so bizarre but you only you have to like experience it for yourself to really understand what i'm saying i think Otherwise, it's just woo-woo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's my morning. And then uh, I go to clinic or I start my day on the computer or something like that. So
0: Very good. Yeah. Any favorite books, blogs, or podcasts that you secretly love uh-huh. or some that you would actually totally recommend to others?
1: Yes. Oh, it's so, so hard to keep like to a minimum, but I'm going to, I'm going to do it as much as I can here. My favorite blog recently is actually, it's called pain drain and it's written by a former client of mine, a hands-on training participant who had the, after seeing me, he had the courage to talk about his story, living with pelvic pain for several years. He is wow. hilarious. He's hilarious. Like it's a dude who's living with pelvic pain, who's telling his story from the day one. And honestly, you should really check it out. It's so truthful, raw, honest, and it can really relate to a lot of men who are suffering with pelvic pain. And I think it's very hopeful and optimistic. So, and funny, he has such a sense of humor, great guy. Um, so I love reading his stuff. I'll read it like pretty much every day when he posts a new post. I love it. I love seeing him grow. And, um, uh, my other favorite, so that's my favorite thing to read in terms of blogs, my favorite book right now, and I'm all about like the Dharma, <laughs> it's how to transform your life by Gesha Kelsang Gyatso. Say that 10 times fast. Um, but it's all about, it's a book that's logical and it helps you to cultivate a peaceful ni- mind and finding the true meaning of happiness. So that's also an excellent read, very down to earth, quick read um podcasts that I think are fun and just to kind of like not think about work-related stuff Tim Ferriss I think he's hilarious he's informative he's silly and it's just right up my alley Uh, so if I ever just want to like chill and listen to someone in the car that's funny I I pop him in and for the more serious types out there I would definitely recommend um Karen Lipsy's we already talked about her podcast healthy wealthy and smart it's got a physical therapy geared um you know, guests on it, um, anywhere, anywhere from health, wellness, and business-related topics. Mm-hmm. And this one is uh, the second one is pain science and sensibility, which I love. I love this one because I hate reading research articles personally. Yeah. Um, they so Sandy Hilton and Corey Blick and staff are the hosts, and they actually digest. They'll take an article of the week or the month or however frequent they do it. And they digest the article, critiquing it, doing like a literature review, critiquing it, and then giving you the application of it at the end how to apply love this it. new information and it's all about pain science I love mm. it love 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 I cannot stress it enough it's great so though that's what I would recommend as far as my topic like.
0: that, that last one sounds really good hey I got a question Sure if somebody is especially in the south, but you're in Asheville so that's a little that's an anomaly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're like they're like the the boulder of uh the South um <laughs> stuff, yoga stuff, meditation stuff you're gonna have people that are like I'm christian or i I follow some other religion and like it, that's against you know quote air quote that's against what I do. What do you say to that? Can you mesh both at the same time and it'd be okay? Can you figure out a way to do them both without like violating your conscience or anything?
1: Oh totally. I mean, I was raised Catholic and I, I go to church and stuff and yeah, no, totally. Cause, um, Buddhism and all that and meditating, it's just about just creating some headspace. Really. It, it's, mm-hmm. it's not trying to like change, change you in any way to like convert, you know, to some monk monastery type thing. It, it really is just practical ways to help curb anxiety, um, practical ways to help diffuse anger or annoyance, and applying it in your life, you know, like, and, and it really does create for just a better, for me, I'm a better human being because of it, and I am more clear in my head, and, and you can certainly mesh both of them, but it's it's everyone's comfort level too, you know, and it's not for everyone. I'm not going around preaching. <laughs> right. Like, you need to do like in my clinic. No, not at all. Like, well, I take yeah. some of the concepts, like, patient acceptance, especially with pain, yeah, totally. Because it's not just meditation and Buddhism. It's you know you have to stop resisting what's happening so that you can let go of the tension in your body. You know that sort of thing. And it's a fine art. Yeah, <laughs> it's a fine art. Yeah, I was just totally.
0: I mean, I, you, I just hear a lot of that stuff, and sometimes you know, depending on the area of you, where you live, like you know, in the south, they're, they're mm-hmm. you know, the Bible Belt's there for a reason. That's what's called. That's there.
1: right. Yeah. No. And totally. I, I mean, you have to. Yeah. And you have to be open to. You know, no judgment at the end of the day, as a, as a practitioner, as a professional, there is certainly no judge judgment. And I always, always um, listen to my client and make sure that I am, I am nourishing them in a way that's conducive to the way they like to learn, to the conducive way that they like to heal and, and their vision. It's ultimately their life and their vision. So I yeah. just help them on that path.
0: Yeah. Final question. What is your favorite phone app, business or personal?
1: Can I give you one that's business and personal that I use for both?
0: (laughs) It's like a mullet, okay? Yeah, it's a mullet. It's a mullet.
1: (laughs) It's a mullet app. Spotify. I love Spotify. I love music. I use the app to play relaxing music in the clinic. So mm-hmm. I, when I'm in the clinic, I put like spa music on or bina- binaural tones, alpha waves, beta waves, theta waves, whatever. And then, uh, and then when I'm driving home, I like rock out to my tunes, you know? <laughs> so I love Spotify. It's by far the, the app that I use most frequently. So
0: uh-huh.
1: yeah, that's my good. app. good.
0: Oh, what's your, what's your genre of music since you mentioned it?
1: Ooh, genre of music. What's the news? I heard my brother was telling me he's like four years younger than me. He's like, It's called dance, no, um, emo dance, not that I don't know, dance music. They're calling it something different. EDM, EDM, yes. I'm like, What is that? Thank you. I was like, What is EDM? Electronic dance music, sis. I'm like, Oh, god, (laughs) what what about like just dance music?
0: No, that's totally. (laughs) Yeah, I got into that a couple of years ago, like Morgan Page and Hardwell and like uh, <laughs> Rehab and all those guys. They're so good, but it's Jeez. like it's three minutes and the song's over. It's not like this deep bass where it's like boom, boom, yes. boom, and then it's oh, I can't take that for twenty minutes, guys. No, just me neither. No, no.
1: techno stuff. No, no, I don't like techno. I I like like I like jazz. I mean, it just depends on the mood. Like if I'm I'm feeling like a pumped, I need to get pumped up. I'll put on some more upbeat music. If I feel like I just need to chill and have some, like you know calming mood music like um, yeah. soft alternative or something like that I'll do that mm-hmm. or classical or you know really anything I've got all sorts of smorgasbord of music lists playlists
0: that's it uh-huh. sometimes you got to get crunk out there
1: yeah sometimes <laughs> <laughs> crunk it up
0: <laughs> that's it there's no you know you can't you can't grind on the dance floor if you're public pain it's just, <laughs> those two don't match
1: there exactly you're there's no pelvic thrusting on the dance floor when you're in pain right you gotta like (laughs) john john travolta and like boogie nights you know
0: it's not happening he ain't boogieing nowheres with that he's gonna gonna be sitting around
1: that's right
0: (laughs) oh my goodness that's a good way to end the podcast right there totally totally (laughs) well how can people get in touch with you and get more information and find everything that's, that's going on with Dr. Susie?
1: Oh, uh, my website is the best way uh, and signing up to my newsletter. So DrSusieG.com and that's S-U-S-I-E-G.com. Uh, yeah, they can they can sign up, get a free chapter and and follow me. And I usually post on Facebook. I'm on Facebook as well at DrSusieG and Instagram, uh, doctor with a period, dr dot <laughs> Susie g it's all
0: abbreviated doctor
1: yeah someone someone uh, had the uh, no period one already so i couldn't take that one but anyway yeah yeah they can connect with me various ways and they can always shoot me shoot me an email at support at dr suzy com for any questions or anything that i can do to help i'm here
0: very good uh any parting words
1: you know i have to say if you 're in pain or if you have anyone that's or you're working with anyone that's living in pain, the best encouragement is to give them the approval to go out there and live their life the way they want to live it not when the pain goes away not yesterday, not tomorrow but today
0: very good Dr. Susie, thank you so much for being on the show. I know the audience is going to have a uh... A lot of information to crunch. So I really appreciate your time.
1: Thank you so much. It's been a blast having having uh, being on the show with you as well, Justin. Thank you so much.
0: Dr. Susie, way to find a niche. My goodness. Sounds like you love what you do. So much passion for it. Best of luck continuing to grow your clinic and your presence and your voice, as well as the Airbnb. Thanks again for being on the show. DrSusieg.com. Pick up her book. It just came out. And the travel tip is at the end of the episode. Somebody was asking me the other day. They said, I'm 30 pounds overweight, which is more than what it used to be. I've got no motivation to go to the gym, but I know I need to do something. And I told them, that's what my book is about. You can't go from eating 3,000 calories, dropping them to 18 without some kind of plan. I can help you get there and all the little steps in between. Maybe you can only exercise for five minutes, but start there. Don't feel guilty about it. And then work yourself up to that 30-minute goal that everybody says you should do. That's what the book's about. You can get it at a doctorsperspective.net slash free ebook, or you can just buy it on Amazon as a paperback or a Kindle. If you notice on our website, we have all these pop-ups where you can get uh, 12 exercises for your neck and low back, core strengthening. We also have stretches for numbness and tingling that are in the arms, feet, hands. I want you to know we have merchandise at a doctorsperspective.net slash shop. You know, we've got uh, T-shirts and logo podcast gear that I would be so thankful if you got. Uh, definitely post a picture on social media and, and tag me and I'll give you a, a shout out. As always, if you look at the top right of the website, we have all the little social media icons. Just pick the ones that you like to use the most. Follow us. Uh, you're going to get quotes from the each week's episode. You know, if you sign up on an email, you'll get all the updates and uh, important announcements. So as always, I appreciate you. I'm thankful for you listening. And if you'd like to leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen, I'd be much obliged. travel tip this week if you have it in you and we've kind of talked about this several times in the show is taking vacations in the middle of the week until the middle of the next week so that patients don't have an entire week missing from care it just really messes up the schedule it's the tourist spots midweek are going to be less busy less costly typically and business hotspots are busier on the weekends so if you just reverse what you might have normally did and planned you might actually find yourself in less lines and spending less money for doing the same awesome touristy things where we just went, hashtag behind the curtain, and this episode has come to an end. I hope you got the right dose for your optimal life. Please spread the word about this podcast by telling two friends, sharing on social media, and visit the show notes on adoctorsperspective.net to see all the references from today's guest. A sincere thank you in advance. You've been listening to Dr. Justin Trosclair, giving you a doctor's perspective.